1: It was a week that shook the British monarchy, plunging the royal family into its biggest crisis since the 1990s. And it all began last Tuesday.
0: We've just have some breaking news that's just coming into us, which is that Prince Andrew has reached a financial settlement. Prince Andrew will avoid a public trial after reaching a settlement with
2: Virginia Giuffre, who is suing him for sexual abuse.
1: Hot on the heels of one scandal came another. The Met police launched a cash-for-honours probe into Prince Charles's foundation, following claims that a close aide offered to help a Saudi billionaire get a knighthood. With royal watchers still reeling, there was more to come.
0: We want to bring you a little bit of breaking news. The Queen has tested positive for Covid.
1: After a dizzying week, as the dust settles on Prince Andrew's court case, there are still so many questions that remain unanswered.
3: He's paid a big price to put it behind him, but there is speculation, of course, about who has paid this. People suggesting perhaps there could be public money involved. Prince Andrew does not have means, he just doesn't. And the speculation is that it's his mother, the Queen, who will pay that bill. Maybe the Queen's gonna sell a few racehorses or a tiara.
1: Prince Andrew's role in public life Is officially over but will he bring his family down with him you're listening to stories of our times from the times and the sunday times i'm manveen rana today prince andrew and the royal family in crisis it's not been a vintage couple of weeks for the royal family For Prince Andrew, known by the tabloids as the Playboy Prince or Air Miles Andy for his love of luxury travel, the first hint of trouble came in 2015. A lawsuit filed in America against his friend, the convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, claimed that Virginia Dufresne had been forced to have sex with Prince Andrew when she was just 17. The Prince has always denied these claims, although for often baffling reasons.
2: I've taken Beatrice to a Pizza Express in Woking. Going to Pizza Express in Woking is an unusual thing for me to do.
3: Took a photo, and your arm well, is around
2: her waist. Not, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, That photograph ever being taken, categorically. I don't remember meeting her at all. He has tried to have this case dismissed, but that attempt failed.
1: That's Will Pavia, our New York correspondent, who's been following every twist and turn of this story. We spoke to him on the podcast a few weeks ago, as the preparations for the court case were well underway. Now that it's all suddenly off, we thought it was time for an update. Will, just a few weeks ago, it did look like Prince Andrew was demanding a jury trial. Virginia Giuffre was saying she wouldn't settle for less than her day in court. What happened?
2: Well, I think at the time, everybody said Prince Andrew was facing a lot of bad options. All of them looked terrible for him. All of them looked very expensive. And I think we can probably say that he's taken the least bad option. I think a lot of people felt that he would have been well advised to settle the case as quickly as he could. And it's something that he he actually could have done before any of this came to court. I mean, Virginia Jufre's lawyer, David Boyes, has said that he was trying to get a settlement back in August.
1: Oh, really? It was
2: only because Andrew Stonewalled that they felt obliged to file a suit because of the window of time in which they could file a suit under New York law was about to expire. So there's sort of always been this possibility that he could settle. But he'd been really fighting very hard to try and get the case dismissed. I remember speaking to somebody in December who said, I mean, someone not involved in the case, but watching it quite acutely, who said, I think he'll throw the kitchen sink at trying to get it dismissed. And then he'll just disengage and they can't force him to do anything. And It'll be a sort of default judgment and, and he'll just, you know, he'll just ignore it after that. And obviously that's not what happened. I think that the embarrassment of having a judgment against you as as a member of the royal family would have just been too great. But he equally clearly didn't want it to come to court.
1: So how does it go from, you know, demanding a jury trial, saying you want to stand up and have your say, to suddenly paying millions to someone he says he's never met?
2: <laughs> when you put it like way, that this it's often you have down. to just sort of state what's happened in order to, in order to really grapple with it um i mean i think on the one hand before people reach a settlement when they are negotiating they often take very hard positions saying there's no way we would settle this you kind of have to say that to have the best possible negotiating position but that said it was a, a very sudden turn i mean we the the judge had issued this ruling denying Prince Andrew's motion to dismiss the case. And in it, I I remember talking to a lawyer at the time who pointed out one of the footnotes which talked about problems with Andrew's case. I think Andrew had, he had made this case to dismiss her suit, based partly on the fact that she had signed away her rights to sue people associated with Jeffrey Epstein in 2009, when Mm. she reached a settlement with him. And the judge said something along the lines of, you know, you could potentially." make the argument at court that you could have been sued successfully in 2009 for your association with Epstein. But that's something you might not want to do. Are you sure that's really your strongest line of defense? Yes. I was talking to a lawyer at the time who said, I would read that as a very strong prod by the judge that you don't want this to come to court, that you ought to reach a settlement. Uh. In fact, both sides were gearing up for a, a trial and the judge was setting timelines. And we had requests for interviews or what they call depositions here in the civil process. People who are in foreign countries who they wanted to depose, they have to file letters through the court system of that country. And so we knew that Prince Andrew in early March was going to sit for his deposition.
1: And how close did that come? Because last time we spoke, you know, we talked about what a deposition would look like. It would have been hours of being interviewed in a a way that I suppose Prince Andrew has never had to face before. And people were worried that he might perjure himself.
2: Yes, yes. And and David Boys has a history of, of getting people, <laughs> putting people in a, a very awkward situation. He did that with Bill Gates of Microsoft during a famous case in the 90s. Time and again, he has managed to put people on the defensive and, and they've made mistakes under his questioning. One of them is also Ghislaine Maxwell, who who gave a very long deposition to him. And that was later used as the basis for perjury charges against her. And, and David Boys would argue that the reason that Ghislaine Maxwell was prosecuted was actually because prosecutors already had these perjury charges. So they knew they had something they could hang a case on. And then, of course, they, they, they brought the other charges too. So, yes, it looked like a very dangerous situation for Prince Andrew, especially anyone who watched his Newsnight interview. He did not look like a man who was particularly comfortable. And David Boys, watching that, viewed that as someone answering a lot of softball questions that's what he told me he said he said he thought that was a very very easy wow. interview so so you could imagine that it wouldn't have gone terribly well I, I remember a lawyer said quite memorably he said that he wouldn't want to be facing David Boys ever and he said he wouldn't want to be St Francis of Assisi facing David Boys. <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> you're, just not, you're not going to come out of it well
1: what do settlements like this usually look like
2: Well, usually you you don't hear about them until afterwards. So in this case, it was slightly different because we had this, you know, we learned about it before it had been properly concluded.
1: So tell us how the news came out. What was still left to be done in the process when we started to hear?
2: The iNewspaper reported that Prince Andrew's team We're demanding the original photograph. That's the sort of infamous photograph that shows him with Virginia Giffray in Gillian Maxwell's house. Apparently it's taken in 2001 and it's pretty important corroboration of her story. So they were demanding the photograph and I actually spoke to... Someone close to their legal team who said, yes, we need the original. And it hasn't been forthcoming. And I was talking to someone on the other side. They said, Giffray doesn't actually have the photograph. It's with the FBI. There's all these questions swirling around. In the middle of that, someone on the Giffray side said to me, look, something big is about to come out, just so you know. And then it was literally about 20 minutes after that, we saw this filing by David Boyes, Virginia Giffray's lawyer in the court, saying that a settlement had been reached.
1: What do we know about the
2: settlement? So we had this statement, which was quite an unusual one, really, because in this case we had, you know, Virginia Giffray and Prince Andrew have reached an out-of-court settlement. And then you had this line here, Prince Andrew has never intended to malign Miss Giffray's character, and he accepts that she has suffered both as an established victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks. Now, that's that's quite unusual. It goes on to talk mostly in sort of passive language. Prince Mm -hmm. Andrew... He accepts that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years. Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein and commends the bravery of Miss Giffray and other survivors. In standing up for themselves and others, he pledges to demonstrate his regret for his association with Epstein by supporting the fight against the evils of sex trafficking and by supporting its victims. Now, there's nothing in there that says that he accepts what Giffray claims, but it's quite an unusual Statement in that it seems as if he's accepting that what she says is the truth. This statement has been incredibly carefully passed by lawyers from both sides, and it's as far as Andrew could go to acknowledge her claims without exposing himself to criminal liability. So that's the statement. There's a few other things that we've learned from reporting on this. I spoke to a couple of people who were relatively close to both sides, and there was a sort of form of gagging order in place in that Virginia Dufresne wouldn't be talking about this case until at least after the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations, so as not to embarrass the royal family.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It's not an ordinary non-disclosure agreement. It's not an NDA as we know it.
2: Yes, and the fact that He's supporting Geoffrey's charity, which she initially founded in 2014. It's all about people speaking out about what happened to them. It's quite hard to support this charity and not allow her to, <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's the entire point.
1: In terms of the donation and the money that's been exchanged, do we have a sense of exactly how much Prince Andrew's had to hand over?
2: Well, it's, it's being reported as about £12 million, pounds, which is a very quite a substantial sum.
1: And is all of that going to the charity or or is Virginia Giuffre benefiting from some of it?
2: When I've spoken to people close to this, the intimation has been, Giuffre gets a payment, a settlement, and there's an additional donation to her charity. It doesn't actually quite say that in the statement. It doesn't say Prince Andrew also intends to make a substantial donation, but apparently that's how we can read it. It's both a settlement to her and a donation to her charity.
1: If this hadn't, if settlement hadn't been made at the last minute, what might have happened?
2: Well, Prince Andrew, I think it was on the 7th of March, Prince Andrew was going to be deposed and Giffray would be deposed by Prince Andrew's lawyers. There's other documentary evidence that was coming out as well. I mean, we just before, I remember when I was talking to someone on Giffray's side, they said other oh, documentary evidence is going to come out that's going to support the fact that the photograph is true. And that came out this week. An email was leaked, which seemed to be entirely genuine. Which was between Alan Dershowitz and Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015, where he said, "This photograph is it genuine?" And she said, "It certainly looks genuine to her." So, and she's, um, in, and she's uh, in it. So,
1: <laughs> that does make it much harder. So,
2: yeah. So that that photograph it's argument was you. starting to look like it. They might struggle to make it. There had been a suggestion when my colleagues at the Sunday Times reported that. Andrew's team intended to try to call one of the witnesses from the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, Dangerous Strategy. Carolyn Adriana, she's since come forward and and identified herself and given an interview. In that interview, she also said that she remembered Geoffrey telling her that she'd met Prince Andrew, this was in 2001, and that she'd slept with him. So it looked like a pretty dangerous strategy if it was true. It seems as if they were looking to her perhaps because in court... During the criminal trial, she recalled being brought to Epstein for the first time when she was 14 by Virginia Geffray, who was, I think, at that time, 17, and brought and essentially sat on the sofa while Epstein was naked on the massage table, and Geffray had sex with him. That's her testimony. So it seemed as if they might call her as part of their argument that Geffray was in, in some way involved in, in recruitment, which was mm. one of the charges that they were sort of trying to make against her.
1: Although, as you say, a risky strategy.
2: Very risky.
1: So in many ways, given the things that would have come out at trial, I suppose there must be a a sigh of relief within royal circles that this has been stopped now. But are we sure? Has this legally gone away for good? Are there any other legal routes that people might pursue against Andrew?
2: I think it probably has. You know, there's been reports, oh, you know, the FBI still wants to talk to him. I've tried sort of get a sense of that from the FBI. They don't tend to talk about investigations anyway, but it doesn't seem as if that's going anywhere. People also say that Prince Andrew would be well advised not to come to the United States. Really? To stay in Britain. (laughs) Because just in case someone wants to talk to him, although they can't compel him to talk about anything unless they charge him with something, and they can't compel him as a witness. Even though he's not a US citizen, he still has rights under the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. So... I think people think that still he'd be perhaps advised not to come to New York
1: Coming up where did the money for the settlement come from and will the scandal have a lasting impact on the royal family we'll hear from our seasoned royal watcher Roya Nikar but first Hi I'm Emily Dugan social affairs
3: correspondent at the Sunday Times it's you listeners and subscribers who enable me to investigate get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with the times and the sunday times if you subscribe today you can enjoy one month free visit thetimescouk forward slash stories of our times I think the mood behind palace doors at the moment is, it's, it's not great. You know, I've been told that morale is pretty low in some, some places.
1: That's Roya Nikar, royal editor for the Sunday Times.
3: It's been an incredibly difficult few weeks, a very difficult few months, and actually pretty bruising couple of years.
1: And the Prince Andrew affair in particular, I mean, it is quite astonishing that a member of the royal family should even stand accused of those things.
3: Look, there is no doubt that the last, you know, it, this has been a long time though, you know, it's not just been the last few months this has come to a head. You know, the, the stuff that has been swirling around Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein ever since their friendship first came to light more more than 10 years ago. We're talking about 12, 13 years ago now. And ever since then, it's been drip, drip, drip. And that has intensified ever since that disastrous news night in interview in 2019. And for the Queen's second son to be facing allegations of sexual abuse, which of course he's always denied, is absolutely unprecedented. And to then the action that followed, the Queen ultimately stripping her second son of every royal vestige, of all the flummery, every title, every military patronage is unprecedented. And the amount of pain that must have caused her, not just personally, because he is still her son, but also the Queen knows how much reputational damage all of this has done to the institution and that will hurt her too. But it must feel for her. It's been non-stop, really, for the last... Ever since ever since the Duke and Duchess of Sussex announced they were going to leave the royal family in January 2020, it has come thick and fast for her. And, you know, the woman of nearly 96, and it's an awful lot to deal with for the head of state who's dealing with state issues as well as intense family issues, recently widowed. And, and
1: now with COVID.
3: And now with COVID. I, I, you know, what was... What was interesting about that diagnosis and then the messaging that came out of Windsor Castle was within the first few hours of of it being announced, we were told that she was signing off and working on her message to the men and women's Team GB curling teams, sending messages to the president of Brazil, business as usual, carrying on with light duties, which is pretty extraordinary. And I think the Queen knows that so much attention and focus has been on negative things to do with her family recently. I think she's very keen to sort of assuage people's fears that she's able to carry on. But I know, COVID on top of it all, it's it's a lot for her.
1: Roya, we've had a settlement now, but for a lot of people, what's really astonishing about this case is that this could have been solved a long time ago. Tell us a bit about how we got here.
3: Well, I think we really got here because of that Newsnight interview in 2019. Prince Andrew's attempts to distance himself from his relationships with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell both now convicted sex traffickers, Jeffrey Epstein, of course, now no longer around. That attempt was so unsuccessful. But what I think also was the final straw for Virginia Giuffre was his attempt to discredit her, which really started there, and to try and claim that they had never even met. That He had, of course, that famous phrase, no recollection of ever meeting this lady. I suspect that had he not given that Newsnight interview, things could have been very different now. But that was really sort of the beginning of the end for him. Since then, you know, over the last couple of years, I think Virginia Dupree's lawyer, David Boyce, has said this. They have been writing to his legal team before she brought the case last August, asking for a settlement. And my understanding is that all that correspondence was pretty much ignored. So I think there was an opportunity in the last few years for Andrew to do a settlement without all of this public hoo-ha. But of course, I I suspect he probably thought it would never get this far.
1: And now, I mean, it has done a lot of reputational damage, not just to Prince Andrew, but to the institution, to the royal family at large. Now that there is a settlement, it's an astoundingly high sum of money. Can you just sort of talk us through where we think this money is coming from? Is it public money? Yeah, I
3: think there's a couple of things, important things to say about the settlement. The first of which is, I've been told, that the £12 million figure is out by millions. Really? Yes, yes. Let's be clear. There are less than a handful of people who actually know the terms of that settlement. But someone who does know the terms of that settlement told me that the £12 million figure is out by millions. And my strong suspicion from that is that it is considerably lower than £12 million. Regardless, it's many millions. The second point to make is that there is no public money. I know for most of the public, because why would they understand? They don't work in this strange world bubble. But... The public money goes towards something called the Sovereign Grant, which is used to fund the official activities of members of the royal family, things like travel and funds towards undertaking engagements. No money from the Sovereign Grant would ever be used for a legal settlement. So I've been reassured and had it confirmed that no public money will go to the settlement.
1: And Roya, you're right. I think for a lot of people, you know, the, the finances of the royal family are just surrounded by mystery. The Sovereign Grant, so that pays for their engagements. I mean, is that just for travel? Is that sort of like a wardrobe budget?
3: No, no public funding goes towards their wardrobe. So all of the, the Royal's wardrobe is, talking about, you know, the Duchess of Cambridge and that, it's all paid for by the Prince of Wales. And actually, the Prince of Wales pays for pretty much most of all the official running of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's household. The Sovereign Grant is used for things like cost of travelling for overseas tours, costs of travelling, you know, official expenditure on engagements that they undertake in the UK, some of the staffing costs for Buckingham Palace, but not, as I say, for the Cambridges, because the Prince of Wales covers that personally from his Duchy of Cornwall income. So it's used for that. And very crucially, for the upkeep and maintenance of the royal palaces. And Buckingham Palace is currently undergoing an enormous £316 million 10-year renovation, so a lot of it is going towards that.
1: So this money won't have come from the sovereign grant, but does Prince Andrew have a, a private income of his own? I mean, where will this money have come from? Where, how will he have funded the settlement?
3: Prince Andrew does not have means. He, he just doesn't. And there's been a lot of talk about he's selling the chalet in Verbier. That's a bit of a red herring because the chalet was, I think, to be sold for around 17 or 18 million pounds. But there was already a 13 million pound mortgage on it and around 6 million pounds owing to the former owner in unpaid debt. So he is not going to be raising millions from the sale of that chalet. Apart from that, he has a very small, well, not small, but he has a £20,000 Navy pension. That's not going to touch the size of the settlement. No. And a stipend from the Queen. So one can only imagine, and the palace will not confirm it, that his mother is helping him, whether with a loan or anything else. And again, if that is the case, and we don't know it for sure, that is not great for the Queen, for the Queen's funding, you know, her, her private income. She has a considerable private income to be used towards a settlement of that nature. But the real answer is, nobody knows where that money is coming from.
1: And we don't think it's from the sale of the chalet, because that's what a lot of people thought.
3: Yeah, I think that's a bit of a red herring. When I first reported that chalet was close to being sold, I think last September, and I spoke to sources close to Andrew, they ran me through the figures. And the figures are what I've just said. And if those are the case, there's not going to be much spare change,
1: because it's pretty much all tied up in paying off debt in terms of the private money for both the Prince of Wales and for the Queen, just tell us roughly where that comes from. It comes from
3: property portfolios. So the Prince of Wales's Duchy of Cornwall Estate is this vast property portfolio of holdings of land and buildings mostly across the southwest of the UK. And the Queen's Duchy of Lancaster has, again, a lot of property across the UK. But she also has a quite considerable portfolio of stocks and shares, from what I understand. Right.
1: This isn't all just... Um, high grove biscuits and things like that. No. What happens to Andrew now? I mean, does, could he potentially lose his dukedom?
3: I don't. You know, I don't think he will lose his dukedom. I know there have been lots of calls for him to give it up and fall on his sword. I, I don't think he will. In the same way that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have not lost theirs. I think he will go. Very quiet for a while, if he knows what's good for him. I think we probably will see him on March the 29th at the service of Thanksgiving for Prince Philip at Westminster Abbey, because he'll be attending that in a personal capacity as the Duke of Edinburgh's son. And we may, depending on how that goes, we may see him at a family occasion over the Jubilee. But one thing is for sure, we won't ever see him again at any official engagements or attending anything officially with the royal family in that role. That's finished
1: forever. Does he see any way back? Is he still trying to think that there is some rehabilitation somewhere in the future?
3: I think he's now finally accepted that he doesn't see any way back to an official public life, whereas previously he really did, much to the family's annoyance. I've been told he's very remorseful, particularly very remorseful about the impact it's had on the Queen. I think his challenge will be, how does he privately rehabilitate himself? Would any charities down the line work with him? I mean, he is 62. What does he do for the rest of his life? It's Ooh. a good question. Many people may think the York brand is permanently tainted by this.
2: In the English city of York, the council is fighting to strip him of his last remaining title to protect the area's reputation.
0: For people that live here, it's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. Duke of York.
2: I think that he should give up that title because it does reflect badly on our city.
3: So it will be a challenge for him, but I think he will go to ground for quite a long time and see the lie of the land in the future. But one thing is for sure, he won't be playing an active life in public life or royal life ever again.
1: You know, in the past, Prince Charles has sort of been the one who's been very strict on keeping Andrew out of the limelight and instilling a bit of discipline for his actions. What was really surprising here was that almost immediately there was another scandal hitting the headlines, which involved Prince Charles. The Metropolitan Police has announced it's launched an investigation into the Cash for Honours allegations linked to Prince Charles's charity, the Prince's Foundation. Cash for Honours story featuring this Saudi billionaire accused of trying to buy his way into British society and one of Prince Charles's closest aides, Michael Fawcett, said to be the facilitator.
3: There's now a police investigation into the Prince's Foundation, over allegations of cash for honours and a- allegations that potentially Michael Fawcett, former chief exec of the foundation, was offering honours to a Saudi billionaire. They've always claimed that the Prince of Wales had no knowledge of that. But it's a tricky time for them. In the same week, 24 hours, one after the other, those are quite full-on headlines for the royal family to be absorbing and digesting and you know, the public to be acknowledging. It's, it's not been a vintage couple of weeks for the royal family.
1: I mean, it was interesting to see so many polling companies asking the question, should this be the end of having a monarch after the Queen? I mean, do you think this has done lasting damage to, to the reputation of the royal family?
3: The, the popularity of the monarchy is polled on an almost weekly basis. Mm. And every poll I've seen in my 11 years of doing this job, including the ones very recently, show that the British public overwhelmingly want to retain the monarchy. And I think that says a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the Prince Andrew scandal will have certainly done damage. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. But I think the Queen, by and large, is enormously loved and respected figure in the UK. And I think people understand that the Prince Andrew situation was sort of of his own making and not something that the wider family would ever have condoned. Look, it'll have done damage, but I don't think... I think the royal family will weather the storm...
1: You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Will Pavia, the New York correspondent for The Times, and Roya Nikar, the royal editor for The Sunday Times. You can read more of Will and Roya's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel. The executive producer is Kate Ford. And sound design was by David Crackles. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do leave us a review. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Have a lovely weekend. Hold
0: up.